Welcome to track number one of Take Up Your Cross. Hallelujah. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for today. Thank you for the opportunity we have in you to serve you, to love you. Lord, it's just a blessing to be in your presence. And we are grateful in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Can I have some? Is this the best you have? Volume. Alright, it's good to see all of you again. Who is here for the first time? You are new? Alright. Who is old? going to be sharing about sacrifice take up your cross and follow me all right and i'm going to be preaching from my book take up your cross all right great so um i want you to you know you don't have to write too much there's nothing much to write just listen and uh, be converted. Amen. Are you there? Right. Father, we are very grateful for this great chance once again. Please help us to follow you. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. I want you to turn with me to First Corinthians chapter 1. Verse 18. It says, For the preaching of the word, this Bible says, the word of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise and the cleverness of the clever. I will set aside. Alright? Verse 20. Where is the wise man? Where is the scribe? Where is the debater of this age? Has God not made foolish the wisdom of the world? For since in the wisdom of God the world through its wisdom did not come to know God. God was well pleased through the foolishness of the message preached to save those who believe. For indeed, the Jews ask for signs and Greeks search for wisdom. But we preach Christ crucified to the Jews a stumbling block and to the Gentiles foolishness. But to those who are called, 
both Jews and Greeks, Christ is the power of God and the wisdom of God. Because the foolishness of God is wiser than men. And the weakness of God is stronger than men. Amen. Verse 26. For consider your calling, brethren, that there were not many wise according to the flesh. Not many mighty and not many noble. But God has chosen the foolish things of the world to shame the wise. And God has chosen the weak things of the world to shame the things which are strong. And the base things of the world and the despised God has chosen. And the things that are not so that he may nullify the things that are so that no man may boast before God. But by his doing, you are in Christ Jesus, who became to us wisdom from God and righteousness and sanctification and redemption, so that just as it is written, let him who boasts, boast in the Lord. Amen. Do you understand? It's not intended to sound wise. God's God's message is not intended to sound clever. When God sent his son Jesus, Jesus was preaching very nicely, very, very nice, with a lot of nice messages which had not been heard before. Blessed are the poor, blessed are this, blessed are that. By the way, blessed is everything that is opposite to what we think is blessed. Yeah. Everything that we think is blessed in this world, Jesus said the opposite is the blessed. Blessed are they that mourn. Blessed are the poor. Blessed are what? The meek. I mean, everything opposite is the blessed. Anyway, so Jesus came with a lot of very nice messages. And after preaching for three years, his father asked him to stop preaching and to go and die on the cross. Right? And what I'm trying to say is that even in Christianity, it doesn't make sense. Even if you are a Christian, you've been walking in Christ for some time, it doesn't make sense. If you take a person who is preaching, let's say I'm preaching nicely, it may not make sense for you to you for me to die now. But it may make sense to God that I should die now. Yes. But it may not make sense to you. Do you see? But if it does, then that is better. And it made sense to God for his son to die rather than to live. Do you see? And it made sense to God that his son should go on the cross rather than continue preaching, even though the messages were good. Yeah. And even though the messages were helping people. Do you understand? And people were being converted and people were being changed. Even though all those things were good, God said that this is not what is necessary now. Now is time to die. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. And it's not intended to make sense. You see, worldliness is not overcome with sense. 
the worldliness of the church cannot be overcome by thinking or trying to logically explain things away. And when I say worldliness, the love of this world, the love of cars, the love of houses, the love of money, the love of of of, of being being associated with rich people, the love of, of being in London, or being in New York, or being in Paris, or being in Copenhagen, or the love of being in a, a major city which is known to be an important place. That love is not overcome with with thinking. You can never think it out away. When you think, you think into the world. It's overcome by faith. It says this is the victory that overcomes the world. Even our faith. It is only when you start believing in God that the world diminishes in its importance. Yeah. It's only it's only by faith. It's by believing. When you believe, then a lot of things and worldly things become very small. When when they say this, it's like what what is this? It's nothing. When they mention this, what is that? I don't need it. And they mention BMW. What is BMW? I don't need BMW. A few days ago, I was in Geneva. I look at the place, I don't know, but what I said, I told the person, there is nothing in me that has even a desire or even an interest for five minutes to be in this place. Except Christ has sent me here to come and preach. Ah! There is nothing there. No, none of the lights attract me. None of the buildings attract me. Their lake does not attract me. Their boats do not attract me. Their restaurants do not attract me. I have no interest. Zero. But I notice that it's also something that has come by more faith and growing in faith. The more you have faith, all these look, they, they, they diminish. And that is the only way to overcome the world. You see, he didn't say to overcome in this world. Maybe we should look at it. There's Johnson. Let me just read that one to you and then. <laughs> first John chapter 5. It says, First John chapter 5, verse 4. It says, Whatsoever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that overcomes the world. Even our faith, or this Bible says our faith. This is the victory. Now this says that what we have been teaching is that. Whosoever is born of God overcomes in the world. What we are trying to say is that in this world, when you are existing in this world, you become an overcomer because you are born of God. Eh? Or, whosoever is born of God is an overcomer in this world. Uh, That's not what he's saying. He says, whosoever is born of God overcomes the world. That means that the world is an enemy that needs to be overcome. And when the world, what is the world doing to you that is negative? It's putting pressure on you to become worldly. That's what the world is doing. The world is pressurizing you to be like it and to become just like the rest of the world. That's the pressure. It's a spiritual pressure. Do you see? But the Bible is saying that 
It is who the one who is born again who can overcome the world. And how does he overcome the world? By faith. By believing in God. So the more you believe in God, eh, the more you are able to overcome all the worldly things. In this world, you are expected to have a child. Have children. When I met a woman in a village in Ghana, in a village called Funasu, about nine miles from Dunkwa Onofin, which was there, which is a big city. I mean, in Ghanaian terms, it's a town. <laughs> and this lady, a white lady, right, she does not have children. And I said, so I said, do you, I asked, do you have children who have followed you to this place? They have been in that village for eight years. And before then, by now they've been there for about ten years. Before then, they were in a in other villages and towns in Nigeria, Ghana, different places. And she does not have, she said, I don't have children. She said, it's my choice so that I can do the work that God has called us to do. I mean, how many of you ladies can, can ever overcome the pressure in this world to, to not to have children? Based on your faith. You must have big faith. (laughs) So in other words, it looks like the more you become different from the world, or you become more different from the world, based on the level of faith you can operate in, so the lower your faith, the more like the world you be. Yeah. It's true. It's true. Oh, you don't understand what I'm saying. Because yeah. they, they, they live in a village. There's no light and there's no water. Do you understand? I mean, you think about yourself. Some of you do not like even to live in, in Ghana or Nigeria or wherever you come from. Many people have met from the Caribbean. When I ask them about them, they don't seem to want to go there at all. And if you've been to the Caribbean, you know why. Yeah. There's no interest in going back to that place. It's true. So the worldliness of the church is because of a lack of faith in God who not a, that is the, the main thing. We don't have faith. So the more you believe, I tell you, you become different. You will not be like the world at all. Surprisingly, the most worldly people are pastors. We are the most worldly. We want to be chief executives. We want to drive the best cars. We want to live in the biggest mansions. We want to be the high-flying, supersonic executives. It's true. And wear the nicest clothes that compare with any clothes that can be found anywhere else. You understand? And that thing is transmitted to the congregation. Unconsciously. It's not, it's not preached, but it's transmitted. 
Do you see? And so the whole church wants to be like the world because the pastor is like the world. And the pastor transmits a worldliness. You understand? Which is so different from Christ likeness. Oh, you don't understand what I'm saying. I told you to go if you don't want this kind of things. You, know? you don't want this kind of thing. I think you should just go back. It's true. You you will be worldly if you are in the normal churches these days. Because the pastor is the most worldly person. And he desires himself to be so worldly. And he considers that God has blessed him. The more worldly he is, then the more blessed. He calls he calls he calls worldliness blessings. Yeah. The more worldly, the more you say you are blessed. It's true. More like the world in everything. Where we are, what we have, and even a church's success is measured by worldly standards of money. How much money it has is the standard for the worldliness. Is the standard for the success of the church. Are you with me? So, that's why I was trying to start by informing you that this is a message that doesn't make sense. I read it from the Bible. You understand? It's a spiritual message. So, if you don't want a spiritual thing, it will be best for you to sleep. Okay, 1 Corinthians chapter 1. Now notice verse 18. It says, For the preaching of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing. But to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise. And the cleverness of the clever I will set aside. Where is the wise man? Where is the scribe? Where is the debater of this age? Has God not made foolish the wisdom of the world? Alright? For the wisdom of God, since in the wisdom of God, the world in its wisdom did not come to know God. God was well pleased that through foolishness of the message preached to save those who believe. Amen. Amen. So the first thing that I want you to understand at this camp is that the concept of sacrifice is folly and foolishness to people who cannot be saved including Christians who cannot be saved from worldliness do you understand it's, it's foolishness 
do you see it does not make sense and we are not trying to let it make sense do you understand yes and I always want to maintain that full time ministry okay is something for people who have faith in God and not something that is an alternative lifestyle serving God is not an alternative to whatever let's say like oh, I could live in London but I live in New York or I could live in London but I live in Miami no no then you've made a mistake serving God involves things that look foolish and God uses the foolishness eh, of the apparent foolishness of serving God God uses it to glorify himself and he needs the foolishness so that he can be God because otherwise if you use certain principles you know then it's just not there's nothing much for God to do so God will bless you make you great but through foolishness like 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 if I look at my life you know I go where I want to go I do what I want to do I have enough money to live God has blessed me with many, many things. I have my own house, etc., etc. I can go on and on and on. But I didn't come by these things through the prescribed wisdom, which is wisdom. Work hard, have a vision, have a goal, write it down. It must be attainable, it's achievable, measurable. Right? Uh, what? It must be related to time. It must be specific. What are the other things? Achieve your goals through this. Have a mentor. Uh, work hard. Have a positive attitude. Have a, a positive uh, attitude depend, determines your altitude. I mean, so many things. No, I, I, I do not experience, I do not experience what somebody may consider as a blessing or as something through these steps. That's why when I see people teaching these things, I just look and say, you know, this thing, I've taught these ones before. <laughs> because they are, the, it is wisdom. And there was a time in my life when I was, I mean, I was enthralled with this kind of wisdom. That's the time. And it is wisdom. It's actually, there are actually things that you, you actually use. And people use. And it works. That's when I wrote the book Art of Leadership. Which is still. Not, not that that's when. But I mean it was some of those things that I wrote. In that book. You know. Which is a very good book. Very helpful. If you care to read it. And I know you don't read the book. That's why I'm, I'm reading it to you myself. 
They, they, they really work. And they are steps and principles which lead to achievement and accomplishment. Do you see? But there is another way to something that is far higher and far greater. And that way will always be considered as foolishness. In, the, in anybody's eyes. It's true. Huh? You see, in a certain sense, I'm a millionaire. Did you know that? I mean, dollar, dollar millionaire. No, it's true. It's true. I wouldn't lie to you. Because I actually do control millions of dollars. Yeah. Literally. <laughs> but, but in all my trying with my earthly life, I would never have ever had. Because money is really what you have a control of. Money. That's, that's what you actually have. Do you see? How much money do you have the control of in your life? I mean, how much money can you how much money can you command to come here or to go here? But there is no way there is no way with the, those steps I was talking about have a vision, have a goal write it down, have a mentor must be achievable, measurable, related to time. Your attitude determines your altitude. And what else? Huh? Must be specific. Perseverance. Positive mental attitude. Think big. Advertise. Think big for big rewards. <laughs> Look, these things, they are very, you see, if, if you have a negative attitude, you won't go far. I mean, it's true. If you don't have a goal, really, I mean, you just flounder along in life. If you don't have a vision, do you see? I mean, these, these are not lies. You know, and, and so that is why the, the Bible is saying, do you understand that um, where, where is it? The Greeks are looking for wisdom, isn't it? Yeah, verse 22. It says the Greeks <laughs> the Jews ask for science. Relax, relax. Our time is running out. <laughs> Okay. Okay. The Jews are asking for signs and the Greeks are searching for wisdom. Is that not so? But to those of us who are the called, how many are called? Jews and Greeks. Christ 
is the power of God and the wisdom of God. In other words, everything is in Christ. Amen. Amen. And God is well pleased in verse 21 through the foolishness of the message preached to save those who believe. See, God is pleased. He's, He's very happy to use foolishness to, to help people that is it it's foolish and we are, in other words we are saying we are not pretending that it is not foolishness that's all we are not pretend we are not saying that it's wise it's great it's heavy it's clever no for pastor obi to go to kenya is foolishness i mean in terms of earthly Wisdom, why should you leave London and go to Kenya? What is in Kenya? What is there? There's nothing there. There's nothing in Kenya. For Irene and Daniel to come to Ghana, I mean from Nottingham, you must be out of your mind. In the natural. For me to leave medicine, the practice of medicine, and to... A pastor, a group that is about three quarters of these people here, and lead my wife to pastor students. Not even one person had even a car or a dime to his or her name. And I say that my whole life is pastoring these people here. And you must be, you must be tr- truly bonkers. <laughs> you must have gone totally berserk. It's true. And God is not pretending. You see, this is one of the things about the message of sacrifice. It's like you want to see the wisdom in it. And God is trying to inform you that he's not pretending. He's not trying to defend his method. He's not trying to tell you that it's actually, you know, God's wisdom. I mean, not that even God is it's, it's a ton of wisdom. There's nothing like that. God has no apologies. He, he himself is calling the thing foolishness. So if you know you can't handle the foolishness, Charlie, uh, open the door. <laughs> Out with you. You know you can't handle it, just leave it. There is nothing wise about going to Monrovia to go and, and be a pastor in a war-torn country, which even the whole world is watching to see whether the country is going to return to its war because war is such that by the time you finish war everybody in the town is armed you know my pastor went to angola little julian he went to angola uh and he was saying that look when he when he arrived there they called him and they said look you can have this ak-47 you know and he said look when they have a party and they sing, they do happy birthday to you, happy birthday to you, happy birthday, da, 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 happy birthday to you. And they say, hip, 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 hooray. They don't say hip, 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 hooray. Hip, 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 hip. Everybody takes this AK-47. <laughs> that, is, that, is how they, that is how they do the hip, 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 hip. They shoot in the air. Everybody has one. A very dangerous place. That is what we call a country that has experienced war for 20 years. A 
and you are living in a, you are living in a, 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 a more civilized or more stable country like Ghana you finish your university right you have just even been able to marry do you, you get what I'm saying and then you say you are going to such a place where there is danger and you see because when Jonah Savimbi was coming the rebels were coming to the uh, capital Luanda the, the government armed everybody everybody here is your arms to fight the rebels that are coming and those are the arms that are still there you can't get away from it do you see look what God is trying to tell you this morning is that if you think that it makes sense eh, then you, you, you have made the, and there is no way that it will ever make sense to really serve him at a certain level or even to serve him it doesn't make sense but the Bible says that God has chosen. Are you there? You see, it's a sign that the, the hours are finishing. You are seeing. It says that because the foolishness of God is wiser than men. And the weakness of God is stronger than men. Amen. Are you there? It says, for indeed the Jews ask for signs. And the Greeks search for wisdom. But we, we preach Christ crucified. To the Jews, this whole thing is a stumbling block. And to the Gentiles, it is foolishness. So to the Jews, this message is a stumbling block. Now in the church, we have Jewish Christians. To whom the message of sacrifice will always be something over which they will stumble and fall. Jews in the church. So when I preach about this kind of, that's why I don't want them to fall. That's why I don't want them to come even for such a camp. Because by sitting here you sit down and then you, you will say things that, oh, but as for you, your father has money. So if you don't even work, you'll get money. Then I realize you are beginning to stumble. Or you begin to say that I'm preaching against honest work. You know, when Pastor Paul is working hard in London, earning money as a nice paid lawyer who has his own firm and all that, I'm preaching against decent Christian living. You know, so I wouldn't want you to come here. I wouldn't want you to come here so that you don't, you don't, you don't, you don't get offended. And then you start making comments about me for over which you may die. It's true. Touch not, touch not my anointed and do my prophets no harm. Oh yes. Because based on certain comments you may make, you may die earlier than. But I say, let their days be few. Yeah. And let there be no one to encourage their children. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Let there be no one to encourage their children when they are dead. Yeah. So, I wouldn't want you to over this message to stumble. But the, the Bible said Jews stumble over, over, over the Jewish Christians. You thought you were not in glory. We said Jews and Greeks. So, they are far away. Jews and Greeks. They are, they are so far. 
None of us here is a Jew, and none of us here is a, is a Greek. So, I mean, it doesn't apply to us. Oh, there are lots of people. That's why when I preach about Pharaoh, it offended some people. And they spoke against me. Yeah. And, and there, was one, there was one person who got up and said, I mean, Katishin, I get Pharaoh. It's like when you get up and just say Pharaoh, 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 everything is Pharaoh in the church. You know? I, I, I mean, God has blessed us. We got a job at Barclays Bank. You say Pharaoh, everything Pharaoh. You get up Pharaoh. And you see, that sort of talking can shorten your life. Yeah? Oh, you don't understand what I'm saying. Appoint a wicked man over him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's one of the punishments. Appoint, that is, ordain and appoint a wicked person over him. He says, why? For they have opened their wicked and deceitful mouth and they have spoken against me. And they have fought against me without cause. In return for my love, my loving messages, in return for my love, they act as my accusers. Therefore, appoint a wicked man over him. Let an accuser stand at his right hand. <laughs> Somebody who will always accuse you should be at your right hand side. When he is judged, let him come forth guilty. Anytime there is a case, a court case or any kind of a case he must always be guilty do you remember when Michael Jackson went to court and he was found not guilty that was the mercy of God because every case can go here or here and he said that when he is judged always guilty let his days be few and let his prayers become sin but when he is praying you know, the prayers will just jumble up and become a sin. That God will look and say that this is a, the man has sinned. The prayer that you are praying has turned into a sin. Let his wife be a widow. And let his children wander about and beg. Why? Because you are speaking against God's anointed people who have loved you. That's why I said that, you see, I'm not joking. After this session, you realize that this kind of message is not the type that you were thinking about and so on. You better go immediately. And if you are listening to a tape and realize that you can't handle it, just turn it off. And there, there are other messages on, um, there are other messages, I shall not want success, Davidic success, Solomonic success. Prosperity, name it, claim it, and take it. And I've written books on them. Yeah. Let them seek sustenance, their children, far from their ruined homes. Let the creditor seize all that he has. And let there be none to extend loving kindness to him. Nor any to be gracious. Nor any to be gracious to his fatherless children. 
there should be no one who will be gracious to your fatherless children. Let his posterity be cut off. And in the following generation, let their name be forgotten. Let them be before the Lord that he may cut off their memory from the earth. Hallelujah. So all these are dangers of for Jews. These are dangers for Jews. So when you don't understand something, somebody is preaching about something, just this is when I flick the television and I see people, I just immediately I just I don't want even to think about what they are saying for certain thoughts to come to my mind. Have to comment about it because God has His own revelation that He has given to everybody. You understand? Yeah. So there are Jews who stumble, and there are a lot of people have stumbled at this message. And I preach it, I find them stumble. I look at them and say, Oh, person is stumbling. They are they are stumbling over what I'm talking about. They are making comments in their house. So why why is the wife here? She's delivering a child and then the husband is there. You know, I send somebody and then maybe the wife is left behind. The wife is having a baby. Why is the husband there? The wife is here. You see, but God sees and hears all these things. You know, and that's why the Bible says, and God heard them. When Aaron, uh, Miriam and Aaron were making a comment about God, and the Lord heard it. The Lord heard it in their tents. God heard it. God hears it. Huh? Yeah. So God hears all these things, making comments, talking. Meanwhile, if it comes to people going to America to give birth, so that they get a American citizenship, they sell them. They go there for months, so that the airline will not see that they are pregnant. They go when they are about six months pregnant, and they stay there. To deliver, and after that, they stay there to get the American passport and everything. That one, there's no comment about it. But when it comes to God's word, so God interprets it as a despisement of you by you of His work. There's no sacrifice too high, too big to make for what you want. But when it comes to God's work, and we are presenting the gospel as it really is, you have so many things to say. So you better be very careful. Amen. And he says, and the Greeks, all right? He said, but to those who are the called Jews and Greeks, Christ, the power of God, and the wisdom of God. No, verse... Um, yes. Is it... The, the, the Jews are asking for signs. Alright? The Jews are asking for signs. Are you there? Okay. And the Greeks are searching for wisdom. Alright? But instead of wisdom, we are going to talk about Christ crucified. But we preach Christ crucified. Now what is the wisdom? What's the wisdom? The wisdom are these other wise things I'm telling you about. The wisdom of Greek. And you see, we, I, I used to read such books. 
Attila the Hand. Do you know Attila the Hand? Yeah. I have actually I have all these books. The 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 art of war by Sun Tzu. Yeah. Chinese uh, uh, what do you call it? Warriors and their method of fighting. Yeah. Strategies. War strategy the 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 art of war by Sun Tzu. <laughs> I mean, there are books that are sold in, in places for about leadership, success, and they are used for like business and things like that. Oh, yeah. Management 101, success 101. I mean, those type of things. I have all those books. You see, but now, when I even look, I cannot even read. I cannot even, my eyes cannot stay on the sentences for even a, a, a moment. Because... You see, I've moved beyond. There is some, in other words, God is saying there is something higher than the wisdom of the Greeks. There is something higher than the wisdom of the Greeks. And there is something higher than the things that the Jews are looking for. That makes them stumble. And that is what we, what we preach, which is Christ crucified, which is the cross, which is to die, is to sacrifice, is to give up your life. Is to give up everything. No compromise. There's no other God. There's no other method. There's no variation. There's no apology for what we are talking about. If you don't like it, just go. On Sunday morning, we'll be there with great ideas and great wisdom for you. But what we are here about is about, we are talking about dying for God. (laughs) Oh, you don't get what I'm talking about. I'm talking about following the one who died for us. He didn't come to share toughies. He came to die. And we are expected to follow him and also die. Are you listening? Yeah. I mean, I'm sorry if I'm not pleasing you with my message. So Jews and Greeks, this this thought, they, you see, there, one day a pastor preached, and then uh, somebody in Ghana made a comment. You know, he said, "Look, even President Rawlings can preach what this man preached." You know, he was he was trying to say that the wisdom or, or the, the the wise. Oh, is there air somewhere that can we can have? How do you get the air? What do you have to do? Oh man, stuck. Is the room getting hot? I think it's getting hot. I don't know why you came to this town place. Aeroplanes and cars (laughs) flying all over the place. And the guy said, look, even President Rollins can preach this message. And, and it is true. There are messages that Greeks can also preach. And they want us to preach wisdom of Greeks. Because it's there. And there, you see, the wisdom of, of the Greeks is incorporated in the Bible. When you go through the Bible, eh, 
every kind of wisdom that has been written is already in the Bible. For instance, before, long before I ever saw the book Millionaire Next Door, The Millionaire Next Door, which is a book describing millionaires and surprising things about millionaires. Now, long before that, I wrote a book and the book was called Frugality. And I used to introduce this book anytime I was introducing, sometimes I introduced before I preach. I said, if you want to be a billionaire, there are people really like that. So I always used to say, if you want to be a billionaire, you know, people really want money. It's because we are so wealthy. So when you introduce this book and you play their wealthy card, they love it. So I said, if you want to be a billionaire, this is the key. And I introduced, I said, this is the key to be. Because God told me that if I, am, if, I'm, if I practice frugality, you see, he's going to bless, he's going to be, we are going to have more than enough all the time. So, I preach about it. And honestly, I've always felt that our church doesn't have so much money. Do you see? But it, we, 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 we should just use the little and just gather it from the little crumbs everywhere and try and use it. Do you see? And that it will help us. Because I don't see, up to today, I don't have, it's recently that we are having one or two millionaires who come and are trying to give big monies to help things. It's just very, very recently that I saw even one person just come up and say, even somebody has even said, I'm going to give a million dollars to the ministry soon. You know, but I mean, it's not, these are not, these are not, and they are, they are most of the people have nothing. So, you just little, little bits and pieces. Because God has ordained that we should eat from widows. When Elijah said that, and ravens, I'll send you, I've commanded a widow to feed you. Or the ravens to feed you. It's also supernatural. Do you understand? So, uh, what, what point am I making? I'm making the point that the, that wisdom, frugality, when I opened the book, The Millionaire Next Door, I was surprised to find chapter one. Three words. Frugality, frugality, frugality. Chapter one of that book. It said the first characteristic of millionaire. Frugality, frugality. The word frugality. And I found the word frugality because I was looking for a word that was the opposite of prodigality. So then I found the word frugality. I didn't even know it myself. That's how come I found the word frugality. And then I said, "Let let me make a sermon out of that word using the prodigal son, I mean, the opposite of what the prodigal son, prodigal, in fact, I think when I was looking at the definition of prodigality, prodigal or prodigality, I found frugality. You see, because the opposite of wasting is saving and using what you have. So I've been preaching it and teaching it, not from having read the wisdom of the Greeks, but having read the Bible and the things that Jesus said, there was that wisdom, higher wisdom, to do well and how to even prosper in Christ's words and his teaching those they are in other words they are the minute drops of wisdom that God will just throw in for good measure as you serve him and as you sacrifice not, so it's, it's so low that God will not even waste his time to spend the time of the church preaching about the wisdom of Greeks which is in the Bible and if we like we can have Greek wisdom from the Bible and you can teach it every Sunday, Tuesday, Sunday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Wisdom of Greeks will be ministered constantly and it will all be biblical. Because it's there. 
Proverbs are there. Songs of Solomon are there. Psalms are there. And even Jesus, like some people say, Jesus spoke more about money than any other topic. They, you know, they have all these things. He mentioned money more times than anybody else. He said this, this. I mean, these are very, they are true. So you, you can really turn everything and you see the wisdom of the Greeks. But that is not what Paul said he preached. He said, I preach Christ crucified. Take it or not. And it will look foolish to you. To Greeks, it will, it will look like nonsense. To Jews, legalistic Christians, they will stumble over it. They will say, why is the wife going to have a baby and the man is not here? They will ask those questions. Is it not, a, is it not, a, is it not something that is against the family values of the church? Is the church not supposed to promote family values? Family what? Huh? Family before ministry. Where did that idea come from? Church, uh, God, family, ministry. Where is that formula from? It's not in the Bible. God first, family second, ministry third. Who brought that idea? Yeah. And it is fully being taught and, and treated. So, brothers and sisters, the wisdom of God is far higher. Far higher. See, and I see it so much in, in the lives. And now, Christians in the church, there are Christians in the church who feel like they are like wisdom Christians. You know, wisdom Christians. Preach these kind of things, they are not interested. They are more interested. So, your book on leadership is a very good book. Look, let me tell you something. This book eh, has more for anyone who wants to be rich or a leader than the leadership book. You may not know. Or even a book on the art of hearing. Yeah. I'm telling you. You see, and all I want to say is that just if you don't believe even my life is just an example of that thing you understand that God and many of the people who have worked that way, not only in my life all ministers unfortunately when they do they obey God and they sacrifice they don't teach sacrifice they don't teach what they did they leave it out and they give wisdom ideas unfortunately do you know why because you always want to be soft on your child. Don't want your child to suffer the way you suffered. I have children. I want to give my children something nice. I, I want them. I, I want them. When I when I got married, I didn't have anywhere to stay. I would, I would like my children to have somewhere to stay when they marry. That I can give. So here it is. I would. Anything you didn't have, you like your children to have. Is it not true? And then anything that you suffered. Sometimes I tell my wife, look, I say, I sometimes I tell her, look, the way you are going about this, is that what your mother did? Do you see? And she sometimes she say, you know, this is it was very hard. We didn't like this. I said, and I say that it is those things that you didn't like that have made you what you are today. Do you see? Yeah. 
waking up at a certain time, cooking. Because my wife is a, is a very good cook. And she's cooked for me since I, I got married. And I, because of that, I don't, I don't even like eating out. If I go out, I don't like to eat. Because the, the food in my house is far better than these restaurants. No, it's true. No, I, if I have a problem, I don't have a problem with food. That one there, I, I, by the grace of God. If it comes to food by the grace of God, I don't have a problem with food. <laughs> you know? Oh. And I'm, 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 I'm also some way when it comes to food. I'm very bad. I can tell you what's wrong with your food straight away. Yeah. So sometimes I prefer that they just don't cook for me so that I will not have any problems. Are you listening? But I tell her, the hardship that you experienced, baking, because her father was a baker. Do you see? Baking, waking, cooking, all the time. Do it. That is what made you what that usually when we grow up, what we suffered, we do not want our children to suffer. So we often impart something different to them from what made us what we are. Yeah. yeah. And the same goes for the ministry. What made me what I am is not principles of success. And it's not Davidic success or Solomonic success or I mean they are all those things are, are part of what we are. Do you understand? But it is not having a mentor, being successful, getting money, this, that, whatever. No. You understand? Almost every minister has a story to tell of how he laid down his life. It's true. Almost every pastor, every from Kenneth Hagen to whoever, you ask them, ask them secret, is there a story that we don't know? Then they say, oh yeah. But they don't talk about it. You listen to Kenneth Hagen, you'll be surprised how in the winter he used to use paper to stuff the, the holes in the wall. And they lived in cardboard. He and his wife. And his wife had only one dress. And every program they would go to, she had only that one dress. And how his wife tried to prevent them from continuing the ministry. Because, it, it, because and, and, the, and he died. And the Lord spoke to his wife and said that, I can take him where you will not have him again. Because she didn't want him always traveling up and down. You don't know what people have been through before this time. But often they don't talk about it. They don't say it. You see, and that's what I say that many times some of the people who are going on the mission field, like I, I told Pastor B, I said, what you are doing is what I did in 1982, uh, 1989. When I started in the, is it 89? Yeah, 89. When I started, it, it is now that you are doing, that lay ministry work that you were doing in that, that's not what I did though. That lay pastoral work, that is not that at all. I say, it's now that you are coming into the ministry to start from a certain place, which we started at, where you give up and you, 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 you sort of give yourself to the possibility of distraction. Uh-huh. Welcome. 
And the possibility of failure and the possibility of poverty. Welcome. I said, What you are doing, that's what we did. You may not know. And you see, as a father, you look at the people, you want to pull them back. You want to you want to bring your children back to safety. You want to withdraw them from any possible calamity. You want to say, Come back home. Don't go there. Because you feel it. Because they are your children. And if something happens to them, you'll be the first person they call. Many times when people are doing this, I say, I ask them, do you know that when something happens to you, I'm the first person they will call? I ask them, this thing you are doing, do you know when something happens, they will call me. Even in the night, they will call me. That you are dead or this has happened to you and I should come. Are you aware? So ladies and gentlemen, there are many things that you as a father, you don't want your child to go through. But your child has to go through. I'm telling you, and there are many of you, uh, there are things I wouldn't like you to go. Let me tell you, uh, look at the people went to Mexico. Some of them are not married. Marcella is not married. Uh, who else is there? Natalie. Okay, Natalie is not married. I don't know if Marcella has a blood. All these people. I asked, so when are they going to get married? How are they going to finish their school? What is going You know, in the natural. I said, oh, just come back to safety, sisters. Come back. Come back. There's safety here in London. You can be okay. You can, you know, but I have to control myself. I actually have to control myself. You understand? Because, you see, you want to draw your people back and say, hey, don't spoil your life. Oh. This thing you do cautiously. You do it only when it's part of your lay life. Your normal lay life that you were here and it happened at a church. You can have a church in your area where you live. Then praise God. You got a job there. Praise God. United Nations will take care of you. Then now you can do the work of God on the side. And people never understand that they have still not gotten to a certain place. Wisdom of Greeks, stumbling Jews, but it's different. I'm talking about Christ and Him crucified. And that's why there's no power in the church. There is no power. We have churches full of people. Watch the TV. You see, Christians, we have never had as much money as we have today. That's why God, you see, money is not a problem. If I give you a chance to give, give. If you don't want to give, don't give. Money is not God's problem at all. God has no problem with getting money. Usually, even when, when people have money, they fall. They deviate. There's no need to struggle. If God really wants even the whole of England to be saved, he'll just show that his face like that. And then everybody will change. He'll just, show, he'll just move the sky like this. Hey, that is me. I'm here. Everybody will change. He, he, he doesn't need to and doesn't want to. So there's nothing so much that we have to die over. Too much pressing and forcing something that cannot be or that is not. I mean, relax. There's no struggle to do what God wants. There's nothing. Just relax. God wants to do, he'll do it. Amen. Amen. So if you want to give, you give. Amen. I don't know how I got into that. But the point that I'm making is that the church has so much money now, the wealthy church, and so little power. One pastor said to me, and I felt so sad. He said, the question is, where do you get people 
who will go to these places? He asked me, where will you get? Because that guy has a lot of money. In fact, he told me how, many, how much money he gives towards missionaries. But he himself has no missionaries. He said, where do you get these people from? Where will you get people? He was telling me how many thousand dollars he spends every month to try to support, but he has nobody he can send. And you will not have anybody to send because there is no power to change people's lives. People don't want to change. The power of the church is in the cross. Rick Joyner said it in his book when he was when Paul was speaking. He said, Paul said that the power to transform lives is found in the cross. And the preaching of the cross is what transforms people's lives. They change, they become powerful. Yes. But you will never change unless there's cross. So our nice prosperity message, how to be good, to do well in this life, and how to make it, it's not changing people. That is why there is very little distinction between the church and the world today. In divorce, in lying, in stealing, in immorality, in anything. I mean, if I was looking for a virgin, I cannot be, I cannot be sure. Most of you who are not married are not virgins. Many of us who are in the church, we are not, we are not, we are not, um, we are in the church, but we, we are not pure. We are dirty. We are all dirty. We are all dirty. But I mean, hey, there's no much distinction in all the evils in the world. Pornography, licentiousness, immorality, stealing, lying, divorce, marital problems, marriage problems that never end, deaths, there's, 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 there's very little distinction. There, I used to be in a group, I could vouch that every single girl here is a virgin. Every one of them. In those days I was going to marry, you don't even think about it. But now there are two things that you think about. Number one, you think about, you think about first of all, not even whether a person is a virgin, but as to how many different people, and how many different people, and then whether those people are around. I mean, who are they? <laughs> That is, and then, and then, and then the second, listen, and then the second is whether the person has HIV. You better think about these things very, 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 very quickly and fully, totally. Is it not true? Why? Because we, we are not changing. We are, we, are, we are prospering, but we are not changing. We are becoming wiser. We know how to make money. The wisdom of Greeks has been imparted to us. But we, we are not changing. Yeah. And so I came to call all of you to ask yourself, look, choose God's wisdom. God's, or if you like, God's foolishness. Because the foolishness of God is wiser than the wisdom of men. Choose God's foolishness that he presents to you. You see, there are many of you, God has called you and God wants you to be missionaries. He wants you to give your life. Not to come for a a better salary. You see, and that's why when you are in a context like Accra, you are coming to be full time. It's, It's more complicated because we, you know, 
people people come in and it's like well the church is also a good place to work you see so we we offer poverty and sometimes when we're offering the poverty people think we are joking and when, when you come for an interview you will find out one one person came for an interview the person was earning millions and millions of cities you see and one of the people told the person at the interview that your salary will be your tithe now your salary will be your time. You, you don't understand what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. Your salary. You see, what, what you are giving today as your time. That's what's going to be your salary. <laughs> and you see, and this, this fellow who was talking was saying that the, the people don't believe when we say it. They think we are joking. Because they say, ah, but I don't see anybody here who is poor. I mean, you don't see. You either look like you are all blessed and moving around and so on. And, say, yeah. and, it, and he told her, he told her, and God himself was, before he even came to be on that panel, he has experienced it himself. He said, your salary will be your tithe. <laughs> if, if you think you are coming to the ministry to come and get a very good job, you see, then you've got the wrong mind. Because what all that you would tell me is that, look, if I had stayed in London, I was working at Tesco's, by now I'll be the manager. I was working at Sainsbury's. By now I'll be the regional director. By now I would have my own cleaning company. Is it not true? And that is what I don't want to hear. I don't want to hear that at all. So don't come. Don't come. It's, a, it's, not, a, it's, not, a, it's not a good success move. You know, there are people who have all sorts of things. They say, if you are going to something, look at those who have gone before. You know, they have clever ideas. Look at them and see. If it is well with them, it will be well with you. Yeah, things like that. So it's like it's a good move. So let, let's look at all the lecturers who work in the university. Look at all the managers who work at the bank. Look at all those who work at how have their life turned out. So these people, it was not good. This people was not, this was good. Okay, go here. It's a good organization. It's a good career move. Now, don't make that mistake. It's more complicated than that. It's more how we even live. Is God's grace. How we even survive. And God will scale you down. Eesh. I said God will scale you down. Don't come. It's a high place for a few people. He says, but unto those that are the called. Those that are the called. If you are one of the called, then you can. If not, don't come. You will regret it. Uh. <laughs> huh? Oh, you don't get that message. Where is it, Cry? Let me find it. But 
to those who are the called, including Jews and Greeks, Christ eh, becomes both power and wisdom. You see, when you take the way of the cross, you have both wisdom and power. Not just wisdom. Maybe that is where the superiority comes. Because in Christ, the cross of Christ, you have both wisdom and power. God's power is now added to your life. And his wisdom. Perhaps that's the difference. Because in the natural, I could not be a millionaire. I mean, I'm not a millionaire personally, but I control millionaire. If I control me, the same as being a millionaire. But in the natural, I could not. That's why God told him, he said, sit down. Till I make your enemies your footstool. You, I will bring them to be your small chair. You put your feet on. Sit down. Wait. I'm gathering them to put them under your feet. You just relax. Your enemies. <laughs> That's power. God will stretch forth his scepter out of Zion. And he will rule. And he will make your enemies come down. And they will be your... But that's power. And it's God who does those kind of things. You can never do it with your education. Your background. Your black face. Cannot rise to certain places. You may come with your papers and your certificate. When they see your, red, your black face, they will give you a red card. Out. I know lie or I lie. Ah, please. Even in white churches, they put black people to sing in the choirs and to sing just to show, because you need to show that you are not not even all racist, but even that you are mixed. So all white, where the church white, they always have one or two black people there. Choir. I've, I've been asked one time. I was asked by a pastor, I want you to be a pastor in the church. I want to train to be a pastor in the church because I have a lot of black people in the church. So I need some other people black people to also be, to mix the whole thing and to mix up nicely. (laughs) You don't understand the message. When your black face appears, so many black faces are at places as a form of consolation prize. You are, you are a form of consolation prize. Because sometimes, most of the customers are black. And it's like everybody here is dealing with a white person. So it's like, let's introduce a black face, you know, so that we... So you are a consolation prize. Mercy. You didn't know, you see. Your, 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 your everything with your accent can never reach certain places. I'm telling you. No matter how long you live. Or you don't understand. You still don't understand. By now you should understand.
because I'm from Ghana, in the natural, they can never go to certain places. And I don't even expect them to go. Some time ago, I expected. No, I don't expect anything. I also feel that there are some places where it will be, to be read. If ever I see my book going to a certain place, like recently I met one American pastor who said to me, you know, with your book, that book, loyalty and disloyal, see, we turn it inside out. I said, what does that mean? <laughs> In his church. A very, very white church. Very big white church. You see it in charisma often. He said if we had had 500, we couldn't find the book. He said if we had had 500, we'd have bought 500. We'd tell it inside. Then he saw me again later. He saw me and said, Dad, God really used you with that book, Loyalty. (laughs) 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 So... If I ever see my book at certain places, I just say that it is just God saying, sit down. Let me make your enemies your food. So you just sit down. Let me. I'll sort it out for you. That's, that's the power of God. Hallelujah. Are you listening? Yes. Yeah. So naturally, you can never go to certain places. The maximum you can work, maybe United Nations, where there is a balance. All nations have to be in the United Nations. Or maybe FIFA, where you have to have different countries. You understand? Because FIFA is more democratic than United Nations. Because United Nations, they have the weighted powers that dictate it. But FIFA, everybody is one, one goal, one nation. You score one, then it's for you. That's why Ghana was able to beat USA. At the World Cup. <laughs> but in the normal United Nations, we can never stand up to USA. No, 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 no. It cannot happen. <laughs> Not in the UN, but in FIFA, we can. So these are the two places you could get a job that you could rise at. For instance, if you go to Geneva, you see a lot of black people. We ask them, so, where do you from? From Kenya, so, from Sudan, oh, from Angola, oh, from Mozambique, oh, from Ghana, oh, from Nigeria. All kinds of faiths, because it's a United Nations, WH, World Health Organization, for the whole world. So, those are the two places that you can really do well. But in places like, like England, America, or, you know, places where it's a white world, even the black Americans look down on, on Africans. are struggling to become something you cannot be. So what I'm saying is that if you ever get to certain places, God's power. And that is what you find when you sacrifice. You find now a power component coming into your life to add to the wisdom that you never had before. So God now lifts you to realms that your earthly powers and earthly wisdom can never lift you up to. That's why I say that, look, when I look at my life, I have about 11 or 12 medical doctors who work for me. Think about it. I mean, they work, they work for me. Some of them are specialists. And I'm, not a, I'm a doctor, but I'm not a specialist. I have specialists, gynecologists, radiologists, pediatricians. They, they will do anything I ask them to do. 
including carrying boxes. And I have about six lawyers. They just work, they do this, they, do, they call me daddy. You see, in the natural, if I had gone with my Greek wisdom, try, try, try hard to do whatever. How, I mean, how many, where? What, will I, what, what can I do that will have all these kind of people? And that is just even a, that is just a fraction of the people that are even working in the ministry with me. Bank, I was talking about bank managers, people with degrees that you are struggling to Sima and Sims and whatnot. I'm trying to say that, but we preach Christ and Him crucified, and Christ is to us this thing that we are talking about. It becomes power and wisdom. It's not like it's, it's, there's wisdom and power. That's the power is we say Christ will say, sit down. I'm organizing your and we'll make a nice chair for you. Not a chair for you to sit with your bottom, but your legs, your footstool. Sit down. Let me make your enemies a footstool for. Just lift your leg, my son. Okay, put it down. And when you put your leg down, look at it. All your enemies have been formed into a box. That's power. And you didn't do anything. You were made to sit down. Whilst these enemies were brought to be your footstool. That's power. Are you understanding what I'm talking about? So, that is the effect that comes by sacrifice. One day I was with, uh, in Nairobi with Pastor Obi. We were walking somewhere and we were looking at something. I don't want to go into the details. But he was saying, he was, he was saying something. He said, like, if people were to come here one day and see me, they would say that I came here because of something wrong. And I said, yeah, this is how it is. You never know, you know, how God can bless you or what God can do when you put down your life. Say, he that will keep his life will lose it. He that will lose his life will gain it. That's why you must never reject when God stretches out his hand like this and says, Come, my, come, my son, my child, come. It must never seem like a small thing to you. Otherwise, you have got the spirit of Korah. Do you know the spirit of Korah? Korah had the spirit where. When God had to ask him, he said, it a small thing to you that I should call you to be near to me. You cannot do anything to help God. But all that God is doing is to call you to be near to him. To come close to him. That's all. Is to come close to God. Does it seem like a small thing to you? When God gives you that opportunity. Cliff, does it seem like a small thing to you? When God gives you that opportunity and he says, come, it should never look like a, it should never look like a small, otherwise you are Korah, reborn. You must be a man who appreciates God's honor. That's why when David was offered to marry the king's daughter, he said, cement it to you a small thing that I should marry the king's daughter, seeing that I am a poor man. Does it look like a small thing to you? (laughs) Does it look like a small thing that I should be called to such a level to marry the king's daughter? See, not it a small thing unto thee that I should marry the king's daughter, seeing that I am but a poor man. It is a very high thing to marry the king's daughter. And when the Lord is calling you to come and treat his, to meet his bride, eh, and to relate with his bride, 
Rejoiner, one day he said that he was in London. He was working in London. He, was, he said his hotel is near Buckingham Palace. It was near Buckingham Palace. So he was walking in that area. And suddenly, the Lord said to him, What will you say if you meet the queen? And immediately he was hot. He said, Bye. Because he said, he said, I really thought I was about to meet the queen. So he was thinking, you know, protocol, British, what are you supposed to do? And so on. So the Lord asked him, what would you say when you meet the queen? <laughs> and as he was thinking about it, then the Lord said, my, my church is my queen. My church is my bride. It's my queen. What will you say when you meet my church? How will you treat them? How will you talk to them? With respect. With honor. That's my queen. It's my bride. The church. The bride of Christ. He said he thought he was going to meet the queen. He's going to meet another queen. <laughs> it's church. Seems it a small thing to me that I should marry the king's daughter, seeing that I am a poor man. When God is calling you to come and be close, you don't have to struggle. You have to say, Lord, is it a small thing? You see, some people would have argued. That's why David asked, Hey, I should debate this question. Should I discuss it? And they said, I should go and cut off 100 penises and bring. He said, is this a small thing to you? Is this a small thing to you? <laughs> does, it, does it seem like a small thing? <laughs> what an honor. Wow. How many are excited with 1 Corinthians chapter 1? <laughs> I am excited by it. The foolishness of God is wiser than man. And the weakness of God is stronger than man. Amen. Are you listening? Now. He says, consider your calling. How that not many noble. Not many wise according to the flesh. Not many mighty are called. How many want to be among the called? How many want to be among the called? Uh huh. Okay. You will not be among wise people according to the flesh. Uh huh. So if you are looking around to see if they are around, they are not around. They are not around. They are not around. They are not in this group. Okay? Wise according to the flesh and mighty. There will be one or two, but not many. It says, for you see your calling, how that not many. Sometimes I see people who are rich or they've done courses and so on. And they, they say, you know, I want to minister to people of a certain caliber. I believe God has called me. One day I was with a Malaysian guy who was saying that, you know, I want to minister to you know, the people who are, you know, like. I, I said to him, look, you will not reach anybody. This is not how to minister. I want to reach those who are, those who are noble and those who are mighty mostly they are going to hell and you can't do anything about it Jesus said hardly shall a rich man enter into the kingdom of heaven you get one or two and that's why anytime one or two come we have to mention it Nicodemus Joseph of Arimathea who was a rich man that's why we mention them because they are not common members so you, you can never have a ministry to just rich 
you, you have to have a ministry to the poor. Okay? Are you there? Your, your ministry will be to poor people and to nobodies, to children, to students. Students and young people are amongst the poor because they don't have anything. Yeah. It's when they grow up and they get things that they start to grow wings. And they start to change. How that not many noble. Not many. There are not going to be many noble, my friend. Not many mighty. According to the flesh. So, you are not likely to have certain kinds of people even in the church and then to become missionaries or to be full time in the ministry. Now, let me not make any, I am preaching to you to become full time in the ministry and to become missionaries. So, if you don't want these two things, just go straight. Okay, I'm talking about something direct. I don't have apologies. I will not say this in the church on Sunday morning. At this camp, I'm talking about something serious. If you think that I'm here just to entertain you and to give tips about sacrifice and revelations about whatever, that is not why I came. I was says, when you come together, every one of you has a psalm, has a doctrine, has a revelation. Has a revelation. I didn't come here for psalms and doctrines and revelations. You know? <laughs> I came for something else. Are you still around? Yes. I'm telling you very directly. I have apologies for what I'm saying. At a, in another context, I will not talk like this. But I'm assuming that those of you who came here, I don't know how you came here, but I, I'm assuming that you were able to pass through certain filters. That's why there will be more women than men in this thing. Because when you talk about noble or mighty, men are more noble and mighty than women in the natural. Or even they are seen that way. Even in Switzerland, recent was recently that they allowed women to vote. Voting rights for certain things. Oh yes. Even if, if a woman marries, a Swiss woman marries a uh, foreigner, he, he would not get uh, the citizen. But if a Swiss man marries a foreigner, then she would get. I mean, things like that. All, all along, it has been seen that women are different, if you like, or inferior. You understand? And I mean, when you go to the church, so a woman, there's a woman bishop there. It immediately sounds different from there's a bishop. A man of God, a bishop. <laughs> it sounds different. You yourself. <laughs> Are you listening? So it, 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 it even sounds different. And I believe you understand what I'm talking about. Yeah. So there will be more women in this thing than men. Women will believe before men. Women will join before men. Women will like it before men. More women. That is why that is why those who went to Mexico 
are all women. Is it not? Is it not true? Yeah, four ladies went. Yeah. So, in, in a certain sense, those who look lesser, they look more emotional, less organized in certain sense, certain whatever. I don't know how exactly to describe, but there's something that is different. Those who don't seem to have whatever, they are the ones that God is going to use. It's true. It's a fact. And even in the ministry today, you know, it's women. Yogi chose church. And women bring life. You see, just like women give birth. Any ministry that does not have women, a lot of women working, does not have a certain life and longevity. But the presence of women brings giving birth, continuation, extension, life. Are you understanding? Yeah. So, the presence of women is also a spiritual thing. And their presence in any ministry makes the ministry last longer and go further into places that it wouldn't have gone. That is why the Methodist Church is very different from the Anglican Church. That was just one of the key differences, which was that the Methodist John Wesley didn't see any reason why the women shouldn't preach. He didn't find anything wrong with what they were doing. When the Anglican Church is not allowed after today, 150 years later, or 200 years later, or 300 years later. When I went to Yongicho's church, his church was just full of women. Of a congregation of 12,000 people, I couldn't find 20 men. I'm telling you, that I was looking at. If there were 50 men, I didn't see them. On, in that service that I preached at. The service that I preached at. And even in those coming full time, the ministry with me, women. A lot of, of course, now more men are joining. And most of the men, when they are coming, they try to secure everything. They try to buy a car for this, a car that secure, that secure, that they try to secure everything. <laughs> so to secure every area of life to ensure that nothing bad can happen to them for the rest of their lives. And so they don't have faith. Uh-huh. But the ladies have more faith. Oh, it's true. That's the difference between the women and the men. So you, you, your heart would even be drawn towards them because they seem to believe in you more or believe in God more. Huh. Wow. And, and in Rejoiner's vision, in the torch and the sword, the Lord, the Lord told him, or whoever was talking to him told him, he said that you need to have, you need to give the women, the, not only the sons, but the sons and their daughters, the torch and the sword. Otherwise, you will end up as a monument here yourself. Uh, you need to add them. And they are added because they are not mighty and they are not noble. And that's what God will use. They're not mighty and they're not noble. Yeah. And he will use black people too. Because, because we, are, we are so despised in the world. Even, even in the World Cup, we are despised. It's true we can't play as well, but we are despised. We are despised. If you, if, if you hear, you see, when we were watching the, the, the World Cup, there was, uh, we have Metro TV in Ghana, and then there was the satellite. And the satellite, there were, all of the commentators were British. You know? But the Metro guy, the guy who was commentating on Metro, or the British guy, the, the satellite guy, I was listening, I was watching that one. I used to switch to hear the different things they were saying. 
And now here this guy, oh, the ball goes over again now. You know, this is a problem with African football, you know. And so on. <laughs> yeah, not disciplined. This, I would be very surprised if they end up with 11 men on the pitch at the end of the game. Oh, this is not it. Be talking, talking, talking. Then I turned to the metro guy, and the guy was talking. He said, ah, these, you know, these guys, are, they're, they're playing. They were, he was talking. He said, listen, we support the black stars on this station. If you don't like it, you can tune to another station. <laughs> when they scored, as he said, if there was ever a goal against the run of play, this is it. The guys are good. They're playing. This, this. Oh, he talked favorably. And I was in the same match. So that's a, that's an offside goal. That was ever. Then at a point he said, now there are fi- now they are playing uh, 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 fourteen against eleven. You know, said so the linesmen, the referees have joined the Brazilians and they are playing. They are playing against Ghana. So well, you can't blame them. It's eleven against fourteen. <laughs> oh, he praised us to the end of the match. As we were, they were finishing their score. I said, no. Ghana has not disgraced after they fought a good fight. They've done this, they've done that. Oh, they praised us. Uh. So you realize that the slant, even the mind. And the person said, look, if you don't like this, you can tune to another station. We support the black stars on this station. This is what we, oh, fully. So you can see that generally we are despised. Even to get a white man to support us, that is a strange thing. For him to even say that they are, now, they are playing 14 against 11. The nice man has, and the referee have joined the Brazilians to fight us. You get it? So, we are despised. And so God will use us. Not many mighty, not many noble are called. Amen. Do you believe what I'm preaching? Not many mighty, not many noble. The world is standing there untouched, waiting for the harvest. The world is waiting for the harvest. For the harvesters to go in. It's waiting. God will use us. I believe God will use us. He will use us to preach. He'll use us to build churches. He'll give us money. He'll send us all over the world. We we will go to South America. We'll go to the Caribbean. We'll go to Africa. We'll go to Europe. We'll go. God will use us. Amen. Even though we may not be among the mighty and among the noble and among among the distinguished group, God will use us. And he is using us. I said he's using us. He's using us. And all over the world, literally, God is using us. And he's going to use us. So I just hope you'll be one of the people that God will use. You see, what I'm preaching about, it's not not often that you hear it in the church. The church of today doesn't talk this way. It's not popular, if that's the word. It's not, it's not, it's not, it's not, it's not trendy. It's, 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 it, it's, it doesn't work in the current group that we have. 
That's a reality. Yeah. But I do believe what would make Americans come to Ghana in 1962 and go to Boku and live there amongst people that you don't understand the language and stay there and preach to them and die. And when you die, they bury you there. I saw the picture of the grave of this uh, missionary who was there in 1962. And they had written on the grave, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Died 25 years old. Died there. Many people died in Ghana. If you don't know, there are many white people who died in Ghana for the sake of the gospel. Why don't you want to die in another country? You want to die in London so that they put your coffin in the under and carry you to Ghana. And they write on it, cargo of no value. Let your body be buried in a foreign field. Yeah. Give commandments concerning your bones. And go. And go and die somewhere else. One day our pastor in Uganda, I called, I said, look, when he came back home, I said, you know something? Plan to die in Uganda. Don't think of coming to die in Ghana. Go and die there. Live there and die there. Forget about Ghana. Give your life for these people. For Christ and for these people. Yeah. That should be our mind. Are you interested? You are interested. It is both power and wisdom. It is that power that has carried us. You would rather think that by preaching this way, our church is poorer and poorer and poorer. You would rather think. Or that there is nobody left in the church. Or that people are running away. But you see, there is power in it. There is power and wisdom in it. Yeah. Surpri- surprisingly. Surprisingly, there is rather power and wisdom in it. I tell you, I've never had somebody come to me and tell me, I'm going to give you a million dollars. He said, just wait. Then I said, you know something, thank you for the million dollars, but I want something now. (laughs) And he's bringing the something now too. Yeah. Sometimes when I preach some of these, I think they were, oh, this is the la- their last day in church. Right? Brother, they, they come back with more energy. So yeah, Bishop, it's really powerful. Do you also feel that way? You think they won't come again, but they come. Power and wisdom. Is sac- sacrifice is power and wisdom. I'll say it again. Sacrifice is power and wisdom. I'll say it again. Sacrifice is power and wisdom. Wow. Instead of living your life moving around with girlfriends and boyfriends, you decide I'm going to get married as a young person. It seems as though you have sacrificed your pleasures of tasting all the different types of women that can be tasted or the types of men that can be tasted. But after some time, you realize that you have some power and some wisdom that others don't have. You have saved your life from a whole lot of rubbish. Hallelujah. Right. But God has chosen the foolish things of this world to shame the wise. 
And God has chosen the weak things of the world to shame the things which are strong. And the base things of the world has God chosen. And the despised has God chosen. And the things that are not, that he may nullify the things that are, so that no man may boast before God. Hallelujah. God doesn't want us to be able to boast. Hallelujah. And you can't when you follow him. I can't boast. Amen. I can't boast. All that I see and all that we have is God's grace. Even the wisest decisions that I have ever taken, they were not taken with knowledge. They were taken, somebody may call it by accident. You just stumble into it. Yeah. Let's say like start branches. I didn't start branches because I had a vision. I started branches because my sisters put pressure on me to come and start a church in Geneva. So come, 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 come. I want a church here. That was the very first branch. I can't boast. So God will do his work in such a way that at the end of the day, you just can't boast. You just can't say that I am good. I am clever. I'm qualified. Amen. If I am, I am blessed today, or if that's what you call blessing, because we are using the word wrongly. But if, 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 if I am not poor today, I can't boast. And even, you see, when I look at my life, I live, I live off gifts and offerings. That's, my life is from gifts and offerings. I don't, my, 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 my livelihood is from offerings and gifts. Think about it. Ravens are feeding me. And widows. I can't boast. You better not boast. You better not boast. Can you handle it? <laughs> How many are ready for it? It's time. You know, I sense in my heart. It's time for us to rush. You see, and you must have this mind. Your mind must be deaf. If you find that you are not dead, then you, you should be surprised. So I never knew I would even be alive. I thought I would be dead. So, aha, good. Then if you continue to live and you find out that you have certain things that you never thought you had, you should even be more surprised. But when you don't have this mind, it's a tragedy. Mark, you say you are going to Jamaica. Look, if you don't have this mind there, don't go there. It is a mulliganous place. Just like most of the world outside the western world. Apart from the western world, every place is mulliganous. Totally. Apart from, when I say the western, I'm talking Europe and America. And, and then some parts of Asia. If you don't have this mind, the mind to lose, the mind I'm sacrificing, don't step on the mission field for you to come back and talk rubbish. Or say we were not given whatever. You understand? If you don't have that mind, don't, don't go because you will only tend to me 
Just like somebody turned to me one day and told me, if I was working at this such and such company limited, by now I would be earning five million cities. That's what he said. I'll be earning five million cities by now. Say, join the losers. Uh Join the losers. Join those who've lost their minds. Join those who've lost their professions. Join those who who don't seem to be. Do you know know that I was born here? I was born here. This is where I was born. Yeah, I was born here. I can be here if I want to. This is also my country. I belong here. Fully. Ah, there's no attraction. Huh? Yeah, and there's no attraction. For, I, want, I want God. I don't want London. I want God. Wherever God is for me, I want it. One day I was driving through a very dusty place in Ghana with, with, with somebody. And I said, I said, you see how that's it? The person said, well, we are, we are very comfortable here. We don't have. We have been to London hundred times. We are not interested in. We are very happy here. We like that. We are okay with the dust. We are okay with the village. We are okay at this crusade ground. We are okay there. It's not a problem. It's not a problem. If you don't like dust. Don't come. If you don't like poverty. There's no Sainsbury's. There's no Tesco. There's no whatever you whatever you have. There's none. There's no fresh milk. Today when I was coming with Pastor Richard, I saw a little, mil- a little milkman eh, in his little car. There's nothing like that in Ghana. We don't, we don't, we don't drink fresh milk in Ghana. We, some people came as missionaries to Ghana and they, they were asking for orange juice. I said, we, we don't drink orange juice here. <laughs> we, don't, we don't have orange juice here. At least my house, we don't drink orange juice. Are you listening? You want orange juice? You want milk? You want rice krispies? We we don't have all the, the real world does not have most of these things. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. Well, God is looking for people. God is looking for people who, to whom these things are not don't matter so much. He said that you know what? What we want is God. If 
Sympathy is a small thing to you that I should marry the king's daughter. Let the father have been offered such a place to sit at the king's table. Eh? To be here, I'm not part of the king's family. I'm not going to be at the highest table. He said, Does it seem like a small thing? Does it seem like a small thing? It's not a small thing. Even if there are no rice krispies there, even if there's no orange juice there, it's not a small thing to me. I would like to be at that table. I would like to be there. You must rush. Must rush. Before you, you see, you must rush before you become noble. You, some of you are going to become noble soon. And, and you are going to become mighty soon. And when you are noble and when you are mighty, you cannot. Somebody give me 10 pounds or 20 pounds. I want a new one. I don't want a dirty. I don't want the dirty in please. I don't like it. Is it new? This one is dirty. Okay, that's quite new. It's good. <laughs> one time I had a vision. And I found myself in a big house with a large compound. Are you there? Yes. And uh, in this large compound, when I say vast, that's like with fields, with a fence. There were a lot of captives. Are you listening? And so, there was a very wicked commander to this, um, in this compound. And that, that wicked commander was a devil, but he was in the form of a person. And I was there as an observer. Do you see? And there were two very sad things that were happening all the time. Two very, very sad things. Are you listening? Don't forget, don't forget what I'm about to share. So you can see. Have you got another place for us? This place is something. Anyway. So, the building was very high. About six floors. And in the middle of the building was a spiral staircase. You know what the spiral staircase is? It goes around like this. But this staircase was big, very big. So there was a very deep hole in the middle, and the staircase goes around, wide like that. So there were two things that were happening. One, was, one of it was, and I was just like an observer. So I was stand there, and I was just watching as the guy was tormenting the people. And one of the things that he was doing was, he would come to the people, and he would say, come, you come. You stand there. And then we stand at the top of the spiral staircase. And then you throw the money like that. And you say, you say, catch it. No, no. You, can't. you see, so the money would, don't catch it. The money would, the money would go like that. The money would go into the air. And then it would be going, it would, it's like it's going down. And then he would say, It's money. It's money. Very important. Catch it. And then the guys have to jump. 
Do you understand? To catch the money. And some will catch it and some don't catch. But those who don't catch it and those who catch all of them fell down. So it was like a game that they were playing. It's like, catch it. And you jump. Some never get it. Some to get it. All fall down. Listen on. That is what is happening. He's thrown it like that. It's money. Catch it. Jump. And then, and it was like he was with a gun. So they were afraid. But some people actually didn't. But most of the people jumped to catch it. Because it is important with a gun. So like both fear and instructions and terrorizing the people, intimidation, and also, the guys will believe that it's money. Catch it! And they jump. And they catch it. That's what's happening to most of our lay people. You are, you are told. Catch it! Oh. It's important. And you, you risk your whole life. Jump to catch it. And many never get what we are jumping to catch. Whether you believe it or not. Some get it. But they still go down. Then there was one guy who didn't jump. So I was looking at him and said, yeah, I will not go. So he ran away. But then, later on, I saw the second thing that was very sad was that he was trying to escape from the yard. And as he was going, there were big barbed wires all around so the powers were just entangled. So he was at the net, he was at the net for some time. This was holding, this was holding, this was holding, trying to come through the net as he was trying to escape from the place. And he couldn't come out of it. And they shot him in the net. And he died in the net. In the barbed wire fence. Here was holding, here was holding, here was holding. oh he when he when he lifts up this place. To come out and this place holds him. Oh, it was, it was pathetic. And I realized that this is a picture of all that our life is about. Catch it! All the way to the ground. Years of life spent catching a paper that is in the air. And then, down. You know, I told my wife something yesterday. I said, we we're talking about something. I said to her that we have come to a place where many of the decisions we have made are going to be irreversible. We, we, are, we are growing. The feeling that all that we are saying and we are preaching, we will always be able to do. It's not true. We are coming to a place where we will not be able to. In fact, many of the people ahead of ahead of some of you, will not be able to change their minds. That's why I'm talking to some of you who are younger. And that's why I said to you, you better run. You better rush. Because very soon, the prince of this world will dangle the paper. And instead of giving it to you, you throw it into the middle of the air like that. And you make a big dive. Out of both fear intimidation or even the thinking that is something valuable that you have to get 
and you are going to lose everything on it. And later on, even if you decide that you don't go for it, in your, your mode to escape, your bid to escape, you will be held by the very nature of the place will hold you back. So when I say hurry, who is the one who said hurry? Rush. It's not a joke. What Marcella and Co are doing in Mexico, they cannot do it later. This is the only time they can do it. I'm telling you. Some of our GOs and our pastors, even their time is past. They cannot, there are certain things they cannot do. In a certain sense, maybe not, it's not really past, but in a certain sense, it's past. There are things you can never do eh, at a certain point. Again and again and again. For instance, one day I sent a pastor to a country in Africa. He had five children. At that time, I was inexperienced in sending people. But today, as I'm experienced, I will never send somebody with five children. If you have five children, you are, it's out. When I sent him, he was there for some time. Now his wife and his children had to come. One of the child, one of the children is here in this school. One is here. Then we have to buy five tickets. Seven tickets. One place that we are going. Seven tickets <laughs> have to be bought. <laughs> I have not thought about it. Then, the little salary that we can give to missionaries, this fellow cannot live on it because he has got five children. Even though in his real life, he doesn't have money. And it is his wife even who looks after him. In reality, when the time comes, he cannot, he can, he, he cannot go. He needs this. Because when they start to mention, we need this, 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 this. You alone... We have to spend thousands and thousands of what are you even going to do? So thank you. I said, just, just, just return. Just return. Just return. Just re- the barbed wire put you back. So there are many things. Before you become mighty, before you become noble, before you become madam, and before you become MD or whatever. Uh, before uh, is the time. That's the time. That's the time. Are you listening? That's the time to serve God. I thank God. Myself and Reverend Saki, when we came to work for God in the ministry full time, we didn't have anything. We didn't sacrifice anything. Or, I should say, maybe we were not entangled. We didn't have much to offer. We didn't have cars. We didn't have mortgages. We didn't have properties. We didn't have houses. We didn't just had ourselves. And a potential life. Do you understand? A life, a potential. And we gave it. The potential life, we gave it to God. That's the, my potential. I gave it to God. But now, if I have to move from Ghana, it will be quite a complicated thing for me. Yes. Because I have a child in second boarding school, another one going to boarding school. I have this one in this school, this, that, 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 different things. It is not the same. 
So if I have to leave that, I mean, I'm even in the ministry. I can't, I don't know. But as your life moves on, brother, it becomes more complex. So if you want to serve God, long before you become Madame, Mighty Madame, Mighty Papa, somebody like Ben, your children are increasing. Or they have already increased. You came here as a single man. Now you are four. It's true. So even the other day when I was considering you and I was considering sending you, the number of people that you are suddenly became, because if I'm sending you somewhere, it means I'm, I'm buying four, four tickets. It is not the same as when you were just a free man. Yeah. Yeah. So if it costs, if it, if it would have cost $2,000 to fly you somewhere, now it's going to cost $8,000. And when you get there, you'll be saying, what will I eat now? And what would the children eat? Do we need, we need special milk for, my child has got rashes and I need a special anti-allergic, uh, whatever, goat milk, eczema, uh, Witabex and soya, soya bean, soya milk and goat milk and sweetened soya milk. Is it not true? Your blessing may be that you have one child. You may not know that. You may, you may have thought that it's something to be sad about, but that may be your blessing. Wow. Before you become mighty. Before you become noble. Before you become great. Before. God, God, for you see that not many mighty and not many noble are called. <laughs> you yourself can see. Rush. When God waves to you the opportunity to become the king's daughter, just say, Look, cement it a small thing to you that I should be made a king. I am arrived. Hundred, hundred false kings of a penis I can supply. Is it a small thing? Such an offer to be made to me that I should be the husband of the king's daughter. Wow. Sometimes, sometimes the things that we seem to be deprived about are the greatest blessings. You see, if, if we were not from African or third world environment, there are certain things we wouldn't hear. Even the church you belong to, you wouldn't even come to our, this church. When the church is dancing and moving, you look and say, hmm, what type of people are these? It's a fact. So God has deprived you from of being white, if you like, of being in a certain class, if you like. It's for a reason, because not many, there are not many white people who are Christians today. Not many white, not many Europeans go know God, go to church. It's God's grace. It's God's grace, huh? So thank God. Before you become mighty, rich. Noble and unsendable. And unusable. You can only be used in the church. 
day the church won the pews, become a committee member for decoration of the church during during homecoming or during conventions can be used for decoration of the church and protocol picking from the airport you can use to pick guests from the airport and bring them to church or pick them from their hotel to the church and then they pray for you special jobs in the church or you can be a special an usher but I didn't come here to talk about ushering we can't talk about ushering or picking people from the airport or decorating the church. Chris, are you understanding what I'm saying? I didn't come here to talk about that. But God has chosen the foolish things of the world to shame the wise and the weak things of the world. To shame the things that are strong. And the base things of the world. And the despised God has chosen. Listen. When you choose ministry. You are choosing weak things. Okay. Weakness. Can you be weak? This is not winning anything. There is no winning here. We are weakening. Can you be weak? I'm not teaching you to join the marketplace. I'm teaching you to join the despised. I'm talking about becoming and joining despised people. Do you think I was honored in, in the Kolebu hospital when I look at that. Jump! Whose is it? Your man. You don't want to catch it. These are not winning ways. Winners, church, winning anything. I'm talking about becoming weak. When you when you when you take the way of the cross, become weak. You don't become you don't become a winner. I'm not saying anything. There's anything against winning or winners or anything because that one is is, is in the Bible. There's a victory that overcomes the world or overcomes, and also there are many victorious scriptures. If God be for us, who can be against us? More than a conqueror. I mean, victorious living is a totally 150% scriptural teaching. I can do all things. Don't ever think that I'm knocking that. But I am telling you another aspect. Allow me to speak that aspect. Allow me to share that aspect. I'm talking about being weak. That's what that's why the men cannot come. Men. Because they they cannot say to be weak. I don't I don't have money. Uh That's why the men cannot come. They, they, They want to be strong, they want to be in charge. That's why the older people who have come into the ministry, most of them tried to secure themselves to the last degree before they came. And I, I just watched them and I laughed. Because I remember one guy, he was struggling to buy a car and I was thinking to myself, the car that he's buying, we have it here that we were going to give to him. 
why he's spending all his savings and everything to secure himself and buy the car. The car is there. So when he bought the car and he came, I also kept mine. I said, work. You'll be there and work. Yeah. It's not easy to be weak. To be weak means to be vulnerable. To be weak means you can be beaten. You can be mistreated. You can be mishandled. Men don't like that. Men want to be in charge. I'm an Ashanti man. I must look after my wife. (laughs) Ashanti men really like looking after their wives. Recently, we were buying some a building, and I was talking to this guy. He sells cars in Ghana. Very, very rich man. And as I was talking, I was telling him, we need this and this and this document. He said, Lord, you are a pastor. You know, I'm a businessman. And he was talking. He said, you are, you are a pastor. You know, you are whatever. It's like, we don't, we don't have sense. I, did, I was using my mobile phone to call him on a long distance. I didn't mind him. After when I met him, I said, I need this document from you before we, sell, we buy this thing from you. They, they think we don't have sense. When we presented a check to them, they were, they were they almost, they were dumbfounded. We just gave them the check. Yeah. Because, because we are despised. Don't come expecting to be honored. Don't come expecting to be great. Don't come expecting to join any group. You are not joining any big group. You are joining a despised group. I'm telling you to come and be despised. You can't be despised. Stay in the high place that you are. Don't please don't come. Don't come. It's not a church of Sunday morning. I'll not tell you this Sunday morning. I'll tell you. <laughs> I'll tell you on Sunday morning that we are more than conquerors in Jesus Christ. Here I'm not telling you that we are more than here. I'm telling you. Come and go down, down under. Be despised. Our people see you and they say, oh, you've, come, you've just come from London with your nice jeans. Come, let me see your jeans. You come with your nice jeans. Ah, look at nice jeans. Nice, nice, come, another jeans. Sir. Say, hey, I'm not cheap for Look at them. Hey, nice, nice jeans. These are very nice people from nice jeans. From London. And that's not what we are calling you to come and be honored in this life. When I, when I go abroad, some people say, they, have, they can see it, some of them in their minds. Ah, the man has come from Ghana. You see, that is why I like to find a group of people that I can tell real things to. Yeah. People, you go, they, they, when you raise funds or you take offering, they have all sorts of ideas in them. I know what they are thinking. That's why there are some places I don't go. I just be at where you are. Come and join the despised. You live from offerings. Somebody will give you small, small. Take something small. Thank you. Thank you. You use it. That's what God has given. You don't like, you don't like, you want to live in London. Say, our group, we don't live in any particular place. So if London we have to live, we live. If we have to live somewhere, we live there. Whatever our address is, we don't mind. If you don't like it, don't come. I'm talking about becoming weaker in this life. <laughs> 
come, don't come. Yeah. All right? What do you think? You can't handle it? You can't handle it? Drop it. Maybe you should go for excursions and see what it's like. Yeah. And, and, and coming for homecoming is not the same as, you see, one time somebody came for homecoming and so then after the person came to now to work in the ministry, he said, ah, what is this? The person was now crying. Why have I come here? What have I come to do here? Am I normal? What is wrong with me? Well, when I came into the ministry, I also sat in the office and asked myself whether I was normal. Whether I was, I was in my right mind to do what I'm doing. Well, the hospital is just here 400 meters away and I'm sitting here. Am I in my right mind? Yeah. That's, that's how to die. Welcome to the dying. Welcome to the despising. You know, and that's why, you know, I like to just be the company of people who want to give up everything for God. But then we are fellows in a ship. That's why even certain lay pastors, I cannot, I can hardly fellowship with them. I can just say, hi, how are you? How's the church? Oh, God bless you. Are you how's the where it's going, good, how's the weather, how's your wife, so how's this, and so how's the job, this is about 16 questions, and it's finished. There's nothing else to say. Even 16 is a lot. Are you listening to me? What do you think? Is it powerful? Yeah. We are pressing on, brother. Join the despised. Join the despised address. The despised everything. Despised income. One person was leaving the bank coming to work in the ministry. They asked, they asked her, what are they offering you? What are they offering you? Not many mighty, not many noble. But God has chosen. Everybody say, I'm choosing. I'm Foolish, things. Foolish things. Wow. Can you imagine going to a camp? They are teaching you to choose foolish. Hey, what type of camp is this? <laughs> you have gathered for them to teach you to choose something that is foolish. To choose something that is despised. And then he says, and the things that are not. That he may nullify the things that are. And the base things of this world. Wow. 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 I see we pastors, we are so worldly. We want to take pictures with the president. Isn't it? We want to take pictures with the parliament. We want to take pictures with the cabinet ministers. But not with the poor. The only time we take pictures for the, with the poor when we want to get money from people. And we show it on screen. Give us money. Look at how we went to the poor. But what we are really proud of is when we took a picture with the president. But since that cannot get money, we use the picture with the poor. We hold one poor person and take a picture. Mercy. Forgive us, Lord. But by his doing, you are in Christ Jesus, who came, became to us wisdom from God and righteousness and sanctification and redemption so that just as it is written 
Let him who boasts, boast in the Lord. Amen. Everything is Jesus. Everything is Jesus. And him crucified. Everything is Christ. Some of you you may listen to some of the tapes I've been preaching recently about Christ. Christ. Yes. Jesus Christ is everything. He is wisdom. Following Christ has made me wise. My wisdom is from Christ. Not from a millionaire next door. That's why I have those books I can't read, but I prefer to read the Bible. When I read the Bible, I can see wisdom. Wisdom from God. God's wisdom. God's ma- so when I pray for wisdom, I, I always add, Lord, I'm not praying for cleverness. I'm not praying to be clever and smart or crafty. Craftiness is of the devil. The Bible says, for we are, not, uh, we are not ignorant of his devices or his craftiness. Crafty is to find a way to avoid following the rules. To one way or the other bend it and avoid having to do what you are supposed to do. That is Satan. That's why when the devil came, he said, Has God said this rule? No. Is it really the rule? Can we find a way around it? That is the voice of the devil. But Jesus, when he met John the Baptist, Jesus said, Baptize me. John the Baptist said, No. But Jesus said, I must fulfill every aspect I can find. I must fulfill it. I'm not trying to avoid with a clause certain things I have to do. But the devil is the exact opposite of Christ. The devil is crafty, trying to find a way that this sacrifice will not be the case. But Jesus is trying to fulfill any and all and every aspect that may exist. The exact opposite of the devil. The devil is trying to find a way by which some of these things may be right when they are wrong. Jesus is trying to fulfill any small aspect that can be fulfilled. That is what we are talking about. It's not a matter of being clever to know how to become rich without working. Breakthrough without sweat. Prosperity without suffering. Getting things with a shortcut. No. You can never be where I am through a shortcut. Otherwise, God is practicing favoritism. Because for me, he made me go through this. For you, he looks at you and says, no, I will not let you go through that. Why? And all of us will get crowns. The price of glory is the same price. If Jesus bought glory with $200, you will buy glory with $200. There is no different price for you. Why should the price of glory for you be less than the price of glory for me? Are you a special child? Are you different? When I have to pay this price, how come you don't have to pay? And that's why Jesus said, take up your cross. You think I'm taking up a cross for show? Take yours and let's go. I die, you die. You watch what I do with the cross. I'm going to die on it. You to die on the cross. The price is the same price. It costs the cross and his life 
and it's going to cost you the same thing. And that's why many of the pastors cannot just set, be at certain places because they are just not prepared to pay the price. And when the time came when they should have paid the price, they didn't pay. And then afterward, because you see, also the thing is related to timing. God's work is, is all of it is related to time. You can escape at a particular time only. There are things you can do with a particular. If right now, so now I've finished, I'm 40, whatever years old, and I've now decided that God has really called me and I really feel, I felt this edge since I was uh, 16 years old and I really want to obey God now. So now I'm leaving uh, Massachusetts or Boston where I'll be working as a cardiothoracic surgeon and I'm now coming to Ghana to start my ministry. Do you think it will be the same? Very different. So there was a time for something. When that time passes, my friend, unfortunately, you can't escape. And you probably die trying to escape anyway. Mercy. But God is a God of a second chance. The Bible says in Jonah chapter 2, and the Lord spake unto Jonah the second time, saying, may he speak unto you the second time, saying, may you have a chance for the second time. May you hear a second voice at the second occasion. And he said, go and preach the preaching that I said unto you that you should preach. Oh, to me, it's the greatest honor that I find. You know, I find it so great that I don't want to share it sometimes with people who I realize they don't value it. When I was in medical school, I used to buy kebab on the way. Have I told you that story before? Oh, I've told you before. I used to buy this kebab sometimes, and, uh, but that was my lunch. I didn't have any other food, so I buy the kebab. And I, sometimes, I don't know how come Reverend Saki used to be around, I don't know how. <laughs> so we, we was, I would stand there and I will be eating the kebab. And then there will be these people coming from the hostel, going to the ward. And they will pass by. And they would see me, some of my friends. And they would pass and say, hey, Charlie how? Some kebab and things, they, oh, it's not bad. So then they would take one. And then they will eat. So different people will be picking. But meanwhile, they have eaten their lunch and they are full. And that is my main meal. And they have come like vouchers. They are pick, 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 pick. This one is... And then they were just... Hey! Christ is to me the main meal. It may be to you something. You just come on Tuesday evening to pick something. This is Christ, not even nice. It's everything to me. My life, my livelihood, my everything. It's not something for Tuesday evenings or Sunday after church. Even if our unbelievers go to church on Sunday and some go to church weekdays, what's the difference between you? It's everything to me. It's Monday God, Tuesday God, Wednesday God, Thursday God, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. It's when I'm young, when I'm middle age, when I'm old, when I don't have children, when I have children. When I have money, when I don't have money, it's everything, all in all. He's, he's my money. If I ever have money, it's from Christ. If I ever succeed, it's Christ. If I ever do well, it's Christ. If I go to heaven, it's Christ. Everything is Christ. In Christ is found wisdom, sanctification, righteousness, honor, everything. To me, Christ is made unto me. Everything is Christ. It's not something that I can have at the weekends. Or I can wait up till Sunday to have. He's everything to me. May he be everything to you. I said, may he be everything to you. 
May you live to experience Christ as everything. May you die for him as he died for you. May you also take up your cross and follow him as as he went to the cross. May you also go to the cross. In Jesus name. Amen. Stand to your feet everybody. Father, thank you for your blessing. We love you, we praise you, we honor you. We thank you, dear Lord, in the name of Jesus. Amen. All right, sit down.